Good afternoon and happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to episode 64 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe, and thank you for listening. In this episode, you'll hear my NBA takes on all the happenings and what I see going on in the NBA. Is Julio Jones on the move? The Atlanta Falcons GM has talked about listening to trade offers for Julio Jones. I'll give you who I believe are the four best teams that I think would fit Julio Jones if he is traded. And I'll give a UFC 261 main event recap and ask the question, is Kamaru Osman the best pound-for-pound fighter in UFC? Coming up on the other side. And now, without further ado, let's get right into it. I'm going to start my opening take in the NBA. I'm going to start off with my team, the Los Angeles Lakers. Anthony Davis has finally returned. After missing two months and 30 games due to a serious calf injury, Anthony Davis returned to the lineup this past Thursday versus the Dallas Mavericks. And as expected, he came out very rusty. I mean, shots weren't falling. He wasn't rebounding or playing the type of defense we're used to seeing from Anthony Davis. And of course, he was on a minutes restriction. But last night versus the Orlando Magic, he seemed to have found his game. He had 18 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 blocks as the Lakers hung on to beat the Orlando Magic 114-103. to The Lakers currently hang on to the 5th spot in the Western Conference, which means if the playoffs would have started today, they'd be on the road versus the Denver Nuggets. Now, this is a welcoming sign that Anthony Davis has finally returned, but it will be even more welcoming when LeBron James returns. Now, there was talk that it may happen as early as this week, but nothing has been confirmed. All I have to say is this. Once LeBron James returns to the lineup, gets a couple of games under his belt, and when the playoff starts, it's on. LeBron is going to be fresh, and he's going to be determined. So the rest of the NBA, enjoy it now while you can. Because when the playoffs start, my Lakers will not be denied. Now for my second NBA take. With 11 games to go in the NBA season, they may be a new number one, not only in the NBA, but in the Western Conference. Now currently, the Utah Jazz has the number one seed and has the best record in the NBA. But that could all change because the Phoenix Suns are one game behind them, and the Clippers are two games behind them. Now the Suns and the Jazz do play each other on Friday, so that could be a determining factor in who gets that number one seed. But luckily, but I think the Jazz do have an advantage because looking at both of their schedules and the Phoenix Suns schedules, the Jazz have a more favorable schedule. The Suns still got to play the Clippers and the Lakers one more time. But I'll say this before and I'll say it again. It doesn't matter what the seeding is, whether the Suns are number one, the Clippers are number one, or the Jazz are number one. However they're seeded, the playoffs are going to be what these teams are judged by. Nobody's going to care about what they do in the regular season if they get bounced out of the playoffs. And it don't matter which round it is. My third NBA take, let's stay with the Suns. And you got to give... Big ups to 
Monty Williams, the head coach, and his coaching staff. I mean, the Pelicans should have never fired this guy. But one man's trash is another man's treasure. And, Mon- and you can tell the Phoenix Suns are going to treasure Monty Williams. And of course, another a big ups to Chris Paul. Chris Paul does what Chris Paul always does, no matter where he goes. I mean, everywhere Chris Paul has, has gone, the teams have been better. And when he leaves, the teams have not been very good. In some cases, they've gotten worse. I mean, he's made the, the Suns a better team. And Devin Booker, by his own admission, even said that Chris Paul's made him a better player. So, kudos to Monty Williams and the Suns organization. For my fourth NBA take, I'm going to go with the Washington Wizards. Now, last week on Inside the NBA, I heard Sir Charles Barkley said that nobody wants to see the Washington Wizards in the playoffs. Because prior to last night, they have won eight in a row. Russell Westbrook and Bradley Buell have been balling during that streak. I don't. I have to disagree with Chuck here. I don't believe the Wizards are a threat to anybody in the in the Eastern Conference. I mean, let's look at what Russell Westbrook and Bradley Buell have done as far as playoff success. It's not been very much. I mean, Westbrook hasn't been past the um, second round since Kevin Durant and him were a team in OKC. After Kevin Durant left for Golden State, Russell Westbrook has been the man, was the man for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they were bounced out of the fir- first round every time. Bradley Beal, he hasn't even seen the playoffs since John Wall. And him were teammates. That's before, of course, John Wall got injured. I mean, they got in the second round a couple of times, but after that, they just fell off. So, I, I there's nothing that can convince me that the Wizards scares anybody. My, my sleeper team is still the Miami Heat. Now, right now, they're in the, in, in the play-in, but there's a chance they could jump up to that sixth spot if Boston starts falling off. And if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I'd be a little bit concerned because Miami has their number and bounced them out of the playoffs four games to one last season. I know Giannis got hurt, but it didn't matter. They were losing before before it happened, so no excuse there. And my final NBA take, kudos to Steph Curry. Steph Curry set a record in April with 85 three-points made. Now, that is impressive. How many players in the NBA could say they have 85 threes made in a career, much less in a month? I mean, I said last week that Steph Curry is the game's deadliest shooter. I mean, he, he makes threes like center's make twos on dunks. I mean, it's without effort. So kudos to Steph Curry for setting another NBA record. 
And as I stated before, if Golden State wins wins their play-in, it don't matter who's number one, whether it's the Suns, whether it's the Jazz, or even the Clippers, as I stated, if they have to see Golden State, it's not going to be an easy out. Now, that will end my NBA take segment. Now, let's move on to the NFL. Now, the draft comes up in two days, but I'm not going to talk about the draft right now because that's going to take a while. And I think I'm going to see if I can get some guests on and have a post-draft show. Just something to put out there, something to look forward to. But the Atlanta Falcons have made some news. According to the Atlanta Falcons GM, Terry Fontenot, they are listening to calls to trade their all-star receiver, Julio Jones. Can you believe that? They're going to trade one of the cornerstones of their franchise. Possibility. Because they're trying to shed some of his salary. Now, if I'm a Falcon fan, I'd be up in arms. Now, if this does occur, I'm going to have to start calling my family members in Atlanta and see how they're feeling. Because I know they're going to be angry like most Falcon fans. Now, here here, are the career stats for Julio Jones. He's got... 848 receptions this is career 12,896 yards receiving and for a career averaging 15 yards per catch and 60 touchdowns what you're also basically saying is you look like you're going to be drafting a quarterback as well looking for Matt Ryan's possible replacement if you're going to be moving on from Julio Jones So, let's just say this move does occur. I'm going to give you who I believe are the four best fits for Julio Jones. My first team is the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, it's been said that they're in the mix for Julio Jones. Now, of course, they got um, Henry Ruggs, who's basically a speedy receiver. I mean, they do have the running game. So Julio Jones would make them slightly better. I mean, for John Gruden, this would be a game changer. Because, I mean, they need somebody, another receiver that can get get them some um, yardage and some touchdowns. Because, like I say, they they still got Patrick Mahomes in that division. They still still have Justin Herbert, who's going to get better. I mean, so he makes them slightly better. I ain't going to say, you know, like Super Bowl or anything like that, but he does make them slightly better. Now, my second team who I think would fit Julio Jones, and this one, I don't think too many people are going to see coming, I believe it's the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. I mean, let's look at it. Lamar Jackson doesn't have much of a receiver core. I mean, Hollywood Brown, okay. Miles Borkin, okay. He's got some tight ends. Fine. But most of the players for the Ravens are basically on other teams, second and third wide receivers. They're not, you know, big name. They're not big name receivers. 
They ain't going to scare nobody down the field. The, I mean, what Millar Jackson has are two and threes. And I understand, and of course, to be fair, of course, the offense is predicated around the running game. I mean, yes, they got Sammy Watkins in the offseason, but we don't know what kind of condition Sammy Watkins, Watkins is going to be. Whether he's going to, is he a shell of himself? Or will we see the Sammy Watkins we've seen from a few years back? So, but I believe that Julio Jones would be a game changer, changer for Lamar Jackson. I mean, think about that. I mean, we all know the next stage in Lamar Jackson's development is the passing game because you're not going to run teams over for 300 yards every game. I mean, Lamar Jackson is going to have to beat teams with his arm. And Julio Jones may give him a chance to do that. Now, my third team that I think that would fit Julio Jones... The Green Bay Packers. Now, of course, if the Packers want to shut everybody up about, about, about Aaron Rodgers being unhappy, this would do it. I mean, you put Devontae Adams and Julio Jones together. I mean, and, and, a, and a strong and that strong running game that the Packers have with Aaron Jones, the Packers are definitely a top five Super Bowl contender. I mean, pick your poison. Who are you going to stop? Julio Jones or Devontae Adams? I mean, both these guys can put up at least 100, 100 um, catches a, I mean, a season. I mean, you're looking at two guys who could probably have, I don't know, maybe 1,500 yards each. I mean, that's how scary this would be. I mean, the Packers would definitely be the favorites to win the Super Bowl and probably be one of the few teams that could top the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. And my fourth and final team that I think would fit Julio Jones, my team, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, of course, I don't know if they have the draft capital or or anything like that to, to get Julio Jones but get Julio Jones back with Kyle Shanahan. Now, in the two years that Kyle Shanahan was offensive coordinator for the Falcons, here are Julio Jones' numbers. 2015, 1,871 yards, 8 touchdowns, 13 yards per catch. 2016, the Super Bowl year, 1,409 yards, 6 touchdowns, Averaging 17 yards a catch. Now, whether it's Jimmy G, who I believe will be the quarterback to start, or whoever the 49ers draft, Julio Jones would be a great addition. I mean, you put Julio Jones and Brandon Ayuk on each side, put Debo Samuel in the slot, and you have George Kittle. Who was, who's going to want to play the my 49ers on Sunday? You definitely got to pick your poison. Who are you going to stop? Julio Jones? Ayuk? George Kittle? And you, and you couple that with the running game. That would make my Niners 
definitely a Super Bowl contender and a team that could overtake the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now I'm going to close this episode with some UFC. Now this past UFC 261, you saw Kamara Usman deliver a devastating knockout of Horace Maserat to retain his UFC welterweight champion. I mean, first round, it looked like Maserat was going to make it a fight. But when that second round came, I mean, Usman hit him. I mean, hit him with a with a hard right shot. I mean, knocked him out cold. I mean, it's like, wow, that was a shot heard around the world. I would argue it was probably one of the best knockouts I've ever seen in UFC. And now I'm going to ask this question. Is Kamara Usman the best pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC? Now, this guy hasn't been getting much respect as one of the best pound-for-pound fighters. The guy's been getting a lot of criticism. It's like, what are you, what is people not seeing? I mean, let's look at this guy's stats. I mean, his takedown defense is 100%. That means his opponents don't take him down. I mean, his significant strikes are like 4.63 per minute. His accuracy is 54% in significant strikes. I mean, his take, I mean, him taking down opponents is basically 48%. And his record is 19 and 1. It's time to give this man his due. He's beaten some of the best fighters out there. And it looks like it's a possibility he's going to get his a rematch with Kobe Covington. A rematch of two of UFC 245, which I believe was the fight of the year in 2019. I'm I'm gonna say this as far as him being the best pound per pound fighter. I'm gonna say he's a very close second. For me, John Jones is still number one. But but Usman is not that far behind. I mean He's dominating this division the way my one of my all-time favorite fighters, St. Pierre, GSP, dominated. I mean, there's a good chance that if he keeps fighting in this division and dominate the way he are, he's going to be even a better fighter than GSP was. And that's hard for me to say. So, all I got to say is, like LeBron James said after the finals last year. Now give this man his respect. And now this will conclude episode 64 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe, and thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I appreciate it very much. You can get this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Get it from Spotify. Wherever you get your um, podcast from. You can also follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. I'd like to thank you again for listening. 
and thank you for downloading. Have a wonderful afternoon, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.